Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 22 days until the midterms. We're talking about that this morning. Hi, I'm Dawn Stensland, Menti. You can find me on Twitter at Dawn Stensland. 855-839-1210 is the number to call. So we're talking about the good, the bad, the ugly. The good is certainly, oh, thank you. Thank you for our Philadelphia sports teams, whether you're looking at the Phils, whether you're looking at the Eagles beating the Cowgirls last night, 26-17. We remain undefeated. Six zip. Yeah, baby. And this morning, tickets went on sale within the past hour. So there are, we're told, still a limited number of tickets available for a seat at Citizens Bank Park to watch the fight and fills when we return. So we're two games starting tomorrow in out west, and then we'll head back home for three games. And then it'll be over because we're going to win and, uh, you know, clinch it at home. It's going to be exciting. So that's my little prediction. I started with the good news because uh, there's so much bad news today, uh, economic news too. Before I talk about what happened in, happened in um, Abington Township, what happened, the craziness that happened in Philadelphia, um, with the, also a, we have a South Street shooting update as well. But I will tell you, you know, as we look at, at the economy this morning, and I'll, I'll air for you, you know, some a Biden official being questioned even on national media. But have you checked your 401k lately? Have you checked it out? Because uh, 401ks are hurting. So according to the latest national numbers, even, even a year ago, a little over a year ago, the average 401k plan had more than $135,000. And not even a year, actually. Today, those assets have shrunk on average to about 101000 So the average 401k plan losing some $34,000. And this is Joe Biden's economy. He's got to own it. He can't blame the previous administration anymore. This is his. This is the Federal Reserve acting too slowly, waiting, waiting too long, too long, too late. And we all pay. And we feel that crunch. But you tie everything together with, you know, President Biden insisting that US econ- the U.S. economy is, quote, strong as hell. Are you kidding me? And we aired that for you this morning. All right, let's air it one more time because he's munching on an ice cream cone. And I love ice cream. I do. But let's listen in. This is President Biden talking about the economy as we as we see this this inflation that just has it's the highest we've seen in in 
well, more than Anthony's lifetime, because Anthony, our executive producer, just turned 27. So he's never seen this. Listen in. This is President Joe Biden. Just one more economic one. Are you concerned about the strength of the dollar right now? I'm not concerned about the strength of the dollar. I'm concerned about the rest of the world. Does that make sense? Yes. Our economy is strong as hell. The internal. Inflation is worldwide. It's worse off everywhere else than the United States. So the problem is the lack of economic growth, sound policy in other countries, not so much ours. And that's worldwide inflation. Worldwide inflation. Lick, lick, lick. As he's more, I think he's more focused <laughs> on that. on that. But let's think about this. He's saying it's worldwide inflation. Okay. Okay. But he talked about policy. And I love that he talked about policy because President Joe Biden has the power, and I've talked about this, in the Biden policy to turn this around. So I had sent Anthony this clip of Bloomberg's Jonathan Farrow really slamming President Joe Biden's economic advisor, Brian Deese, for putting the polls before America's energy security. Remember, in all the interviews I've done over the year over the year of the Dawn Show, what have I talked about? You know, you look at the price of fuel and you look at what that fuels. So think about taking control of America's energy security. And this is an interview that actually aired last, I think, Thursday evening. This was an interview on Bloomberg Markets, the open with Jonathan Farrow. Last Thursday, in essence, he's accusing him, Brian Deese, of putting the polls before America's energy security. And, you know, you think about this as we've now had seven straight months of eight plus percent inflation. A year ago, remember, we were insured by all the White House economic gurus that these, you know, rapid price increases, remember this, and everything from groceries to rental cars to the price of gas, which is now going back up, to even health insurance. They were they were just transitory. They were in transit, but they but don't worry, America, it's it's all gonna be okay. And so we're having sticker shock. They're calling they're calling it Bidenflation. And this is why our you know, our paychecks are shrinking. Even people who got a raise it's really it's really not a race because we have such high inflation. I know I'm getting, you know, when you get your regular little notices that you never even look at from your credit card and hopefully you're not carrying balances on on your credit cards, but I I do love Macy's on I shop online. I don't go to the store as much, but you know, you get so many points and coupons that nobody else has whatever. So I get this notice and it says that the new, because of inflation and everything, starting in basically right around Black Friday, right around around Thanksgiving, those rates are going to jump. If you carry a balance moving forward, you're going to pay nearly 30% in interest charges. So think about that. Think about the chilling impact this has as we go into the winter holidays and as the gift buying season comes on, right, the Christmas and Hanukkah and wintertime and everybody's, right, think about the impact on all the holiday shopping that usually is the, the boon time for, 
for retailers who are still in recovery. And then also think about restaurants. They're fueled by the shoppers. So people want to go out, they want a gift shop, and they want to hit a restaurant. So it has that domino impact. And this has, on average, you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 6%. Highest inflation in nearly 40 years, impacting, as I talked about earlier, retirement funds of ordinary Americans. NASDAQ down overall 18%. S&P 500 down 6%. And then you think about the negative returns, not even taking into account the inflation we're feeling right now. So that would add another big percentage about 12 plus percent or so to those stock losses. It hurts all of us, but it especially impacts, well, I mean, it impacts those who are living off of a retirement fund investment, but also for those thinking about retirement moving forward, right? And so people now doing what? Putting off retirement. Do you have that sound? Were you able to get it, Anthony? Let's listen in. You've drained the SPR to its lowest level in four decades. There's some accusation that you're using, you're putting the polls before America's energy security. Brian, the Saudis themselves said this morning that the US requested a one-month delay to the OPEC plus output. I wonder why that would be. Brian, can you tell me whether you did ask the Saudis for a one-month delay to that decision? Are they telling the truth? Look, we clearly we clearly communicated our views to OPEC members that we thought it was short-sighted to, for them to take uh, the action that they were contemplating, and they announced. Ryan, you didn't answer the question, so I'm going to ask it again. I'm going to share with you and share with our audience the quote from the Saudis this morning. The government of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia would like to clarify that based on its belief in the importance of dialogue and exchange of views with its allies and partners outside of OPEC Plus regarding the situation in the oil markets, the government of the Kingdom clarified through its continuous consultation with the US administration that all economic analyses indicate that postponing the OPEC Plus decision for a month, according to what has been suggested, would have had negative economic consequences. Brian, again, it's a really straight question. Did you ask the Saudis to delay that decision for a month. Are they telling the truth or not? Look, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, to, to get on, on on air and disclose private conversations that but members of our administration have with us. With You've counterparts. got the opportunity to say it's true or not. Is it true or not? What I will say. What I will say. What I will say clearly is that the communications that we've had with OPEC members and continuing have been based on our assessment of the economic circumstances of supply and demand in global oil markets. Again, they're suggesting it's a political one. That your strategy is political. I understand what they're suggesting and what I'm saying to you is that our strategy, I I understand what they are suggesting and what I'm saying to you is that our strategy has always been grounded in an assessment of the economics of the situation. Did you hear the answer? The answer is, I mean, the answer I heard, yeah, it's true. So what happens in a month? Why would, if they were, if they were trying, if the White House... is trying to get, you know, the Saudis and OPEC to agree to a huge cut in oil production if, <clears throat> if, that's, if that's what they're accused of or at least putting this off for a month. What happens in a month, I ask you? What happens in 22 days as we count down to the midterms? And so he won't answer. He's saying, what I'm answering clearly... Oh, you're answering clearly. I hear you loud and clear that they were more worried about the optics. They were more worried 
about the fact that this would impact the midterm elections. That's what they were worried about. They weren't worried about us. They were just saying, hey, dude, do what you're going to do if you want to charge more and and affect the uh, oil production. Just wait a month if you would. And what I see here is the Saudis, uh, you know, I, I kind of hear the Saudis saying, let's go, Brandon, quite frankly. That's what I hear. Do you hear that? 855-839-1210. That's what I hear. The Saudis going, let's go, Brandon, giving a, a big middle finger to this administration for its policies. And so think about what. So we're dealing with Venezuela. We're going to Saudi Arabia. But what are we not doing? We're not, what we're not doing is turning to our own oil reserves and saying, America first. We've got the oil. We've got the goods. We don't need Venezuela. We don't need Saudi Arabia. So why can't we tap into and invest in America's oil production? Why can't we? Obviously, we can't because that would upset the apple cart with the uh, progressives and those who say, oh, no, 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 big oil, bad, fracking, bad. And so they'd rather play all these games. They're playing games with our lives and with our economy as we as we're in a recession. And they don't care. And that's what's infuriating. People are hurting, and it's just begun. As the President of the United States of America sits there and licks his ice cream cone. And to me, the symbol here, it's really kind of heartbreaking if you think about it, because he's good. All the fat cats in Washington, they're good. All the career politicians, they're good. You You know what that reminds me of? President Joe Biden holding that ice cream cone. We should we should pull this audio. Remember that old bit with um, Eddie Murphy? And he did this really <laughs> yes. funny bit. Yes. You ain't got no ice cream. Remember that? And he... <laughs> <laughs> no ice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jimmy Kelly nails it. Thank you. That's just it. You can't afford it. And that's what it reminds me of. You know, so here, here you, you have the audacity. You don't even stop licking your, your ice cream cone, and it looks delicious, Mr. President. But in many ways, it's, I've got mine. My family's taken care of, <clears throat> including Hunter. What's up with that investigation? And that's really what's at stake here, too, is it not? It's not just about winning the midterms or mitigating the midterms in hopes that Republicans don't take control But it's also about Hunter Biden. It's also about the fact that Republicans have promised transparency in all of this. The January 6th situation, you know, let's, okay, you want want some hearings on January 6th? Let's show it all. Let's make it all transparent. Let's show what happened, the good, the bad, the ugly, but also with regard to Hunter Biden. What's up with that? And what did dad and uncle Biden, what did they all know? You see, but nope, I'm just going to lick my ice cream. And America, well, it sucks to be you. And that's what we're feeling right now. This is our president. He's got to own it. He's got to own this, this economy. And that's why, I don't care what the polls say, this is the red wave, tidal wave that's coming. It's coming in 22 days. 
And I don't know if you've been polled. I've never been polled. So I don't believe the polls. Whatever they're saying, they're saying, oh, it's too close to call. The red wave is coming. People are fed up. I'm fed up. Are you? 855-839-1210. Talking about the economy. Inflation, 40-year high. Talking about 401ks and giving you those specific numbers. I like to give you the numbers. And when we think about gas prices, even though we've popped up about 10 cents in a week, but that the rate of the increases are expected to slightly slow down, but we're still increasing. So I love, you know, a lot of the media saying, oh, the rate of the increases are slowing a little bit. Well, are we going up or down? Which way is the, yes, average price for a gallon of gas in Pennsylvania has gone up by 10 cents over the past week at least. But if you look at, and I know many of you are looking at this, the price for diesel and heating oil expected to continue to increase because of low supply. So I'm looking at gas, buddy, and I love giving you these updated numbers. National average price of diesel increased 18.7 cents in a week. So now it's $5.06 a gallon, and that's of this morning. These are averages. So I'm looking at AAA in Pennsylvania, the average price for diesel well over that, as you know, $5.69 a gallon. That's a whopping $0.47 more a gallon than a week ago. So $0.47 in a week. And this is why the little guy, meaning us, gets hurt. With that, let's go to John and Conchahawk and wants to talk about Biden and inflation. Hey, John. Yes, how are you? Uh, I'd just like to say about, you know, uh, you know, like when you question somebody about why he's doing it, he's doing it mainly because of his donors. And I can say when he was running for election against Trump, mm-hmm. if you remember about every three minutes, there was an ad on TV for Biden as opposed to what Trump had on. So, you know, somebody was paying for these ads. And it's his donors. It's the it's the manufacturers. It's the, it's the solar people, the electric people. That's my feeling on it, and I think I'm 100 percent correct. I think I think John. Uh, thank you for your call, John. I think you are right, but I will also say we're coming up on a midterm. You know, we're 22 days from a midterm el- election, and there are so many progressives who might be a little wealthier or they or they might be, you know, somebody in their 20s or early 30s and maybe or maybe they're like a John Fetterman. They're still being supported by mom and dad. Maybe maybe hopefully they'll, you know, be able to be uh, self-sustaining before the age of 49, but in other words, people who are a little bit out of touch and they vote on the on the green policies it's all about whether or not we have windmills whether or not we have the so-called green energy and that's they're a single issue voter all about energy and saving the planet and saving the earth and i think that those that sliver because think about how close elections are that they that they don't want to in other words Nobody wants to in the in the Democrats side of things. They don't want to make make it so that these voters are not excited to go to the polls to 
In other words, um, disincentivize these voters. And so I think there, there's a huge core of people. That's all they're going to talk about. That, oh, if we're hurting the planet and if we, you know, we, we need to get away from the fossil fuels because that's evil. And, and, and the world, we're not going to be here anymore to even talk about the economy or the jobs. And so all they want to talk about is, is and it has in a way become like a cult or a religion with a lot of people. And again, you know me. I'm somebody, I spray vinegar on my weeds. I don't, I don't like the fact that, that, you know, people use weed killer and I don't like the, you know, I, I don't like pollution. I, I believe in clean hair and clean water. Keep it really simple. We don't have to talk about climate change or climate, whatever we call it now. I, you know, if we just talked about clean air and clean water, I think that would be the way to go because I believe in that. You look at our asthma rates are among the highest in the nation right here in our region. And what's interesting to me, I thought when the refinery, remember the, the old Sunoco refinery, which we I know we didn't call it Sunoco, but we changed the name, but it was basically the Sunoco refinery. Remember when it shut down, think about everybody said, oh, well, the air is going to be cleaner. It's not. Did you notice that? And so why? That, that surprised me, I must say. But when we think about these policies and why they don't want to upset the apple cart, in, in essence, yes, John's correct. It's the donors. On both sides, they do this. But when we're this close to an election to suddenly say, hey, we're going we're gonna to go back to our American oil producers and we need to just, in a pinch, we need to make sure that we increase the production. And our, our friends with you know fracking in places like Pennsylvania, we're going to turn to you and we're going to turn to, even, even though I, I get it, don't Please don't DM me and start explaining the fact that the leases and it takes time. I, I know I've done, I have done extensive interviews on that. But what I'm saying is we could open up the reserves, but then fossil fuel would save the day and would save winter. And they don't want those optics and they don't want to pee off and, you know, make, they don't want to anger those progressives who simply will not have it and don't want to talk about the evil fossil fuels. And the common sense person in all of us says, hey, we're in a crisis here, folks. So we've got to tap into the reserves. We've got to do what we can do. And we've got to make sure that we're warm this winter and that we're not paying through the nose at a time when we have record inflation. And what would that do? Psychologically, what would that do? Well, we'd feel good about shopping. We'd feel good about the economy. We'd feel good about our country. And we know that consumer confidence is half the battle. If consumers feel hopeful that we're going to get through this thing, it, it does, it moves mountains, quite frankly. It's, I'll, I'll give you this analogy. Think about how much the players, think about the roar of the crowds when our Phillies clinched it and the feeling that you felt. It's the energy just goes through you. It matters. The fans and the excitement and the energy, the momentum, it all matters. Think about the Eagles winning last night. All of that matters. And it's that same philosophy of that positive energy, that hope that we can win it all, that we can take it, take it all, that we, we've got this. We need that. We need that right now in our country. But we don't have leadership that's doing that for us. We have a president who's sitting there licking 
a freaking ice cream cone instead of saying, we've got this, all hands on deck. We're going to do this. We're going to solve this. Short term, yeah, we're going to tap into the reserves. We're working with our American producers of energy, and we're going to get through this, and we're going to get you the cheapest way so that you can heat your home and your family. And it's not going to be that tough of a winter because, you know, what? we're going to come together as people. We're going to unite America, and we're going to do this. Have you heard that? No, you haven't. Because it's all about the next election. And it's just, it's a sin. It really is. And we're all going to suffer because of it. Because career politicians do what they do. Career politicians, they put the next election ahead of you and me and our families and our kids. So let's say together, you're fired. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And give somebody else a chance. Philadelphia Police, pretty busy. Over the weekend, some 20 people shot over the weekend, since Friday, I should say. Drive-by shooting at the gas station there, leaving two people injured in East Mount Airy. And that one is just one of many shootings happening. That one happened early this morning. It's it's incredible what's happening in, in Philadelphia, surrounding communities, as I look at this and look at all the updates. Let's take you to... Um, what happened with the chaos? This one on South Street. Listen in. This is Fox 29 News reporting on the South Street shooting involving a, a security officer who was shot. Listen in. I spoke with employees who say yesterday's events went off without any issues. It was a positive and fun day for the community. But as they were wrapping everything up, they say a small group of people that had nothing to do with the events tried to ruin it for everybody, sending a 40-year-old security guard to the hospital. Hundreds packed South Street for a day of jam-packed events Saturday. South Street Fest, Oktoberfest, and Philly AIDS thrift block party. The whole day was, was good. We were, we were done. Everyone had to clear out. We were just cleaning, um, cleaning up the street. Philadelphia police say just after 10.45 at night, a group of dirt bikes, ATVs, and a slingshot three-wheeled motorcycle started removing barricades that had been put up for the festival at 8th and South Streets. Police say a Browhouse employee said something to a female passenger of the slingshot. They started arguing and fighting. 
The fight ended, and police say the driver of the slingshot fired shots back at Brow House, hitting a 40-year-old security guard in the leg and stomach. This is always the same crew that that's, comes out and does this with us, um, and they're all like really great guys. What I heard was that the situation, the confrontation had ended. You know that it was everyone was coming back inside, so that's why it was a surprise. That's crazy. Can't have nothing nice. The Domino's next door locked their customers in, and Sunday, Browhouse made the decision to close for the day. Employees say the security guard's cousin was working alongside him at the time of the shooting. Back in June, 11 people were shot and three people were killed after a fight led to a mass shooting near 2nd and South Streets. It seems like these, these uh, violent shootings are just happening all up and down with the, with the late night crowd on the weekends. It was a great day. Everyone, it looked like everyone was having fun, and... It's crazy that stuff like that even happens around here anymore. Employees tell me the security guard is stable at the hospital. Police say they do believe they have video of the vehicle involved, but of course they're asking anybody with information to report it to police. Just updating you, even though, yes, the unarmed security officer, his condition is stabilized, but he's in critical condition. So keep that in mind. And many Many, you know, this has gone viral as businesses and business owners, workers at the businesses saying, is it even safe? And that's the question here. When I saw this happen over the weekend, I said, oh, my goodness, because South Street, I mean, that made national news. The South Street shooting, the, the deadly one that we had reported that was just referred to. But now again, another shooting, another innocent victim in critical condition. And you know, just the blazing nature of this, a beautiful day in Philadelphia and everybody's saying, oh, thank goodness, what a beautiful day, what a beautiful day. And then after all these festivals and all the fun, it's just wrapping up and then this. And it it happened about 11 o'clock at night. So it was not, this was not an overnight shooting situation. So it, uh, I hate to, I truly, I hate to see this in the city of Philadelphia as we all do. But now this um, unarmed security officer um, in the fight of his life, stabilized, yes, but struck um, in his leg, in his stomach. And, and you know, especially if you have military experience when somebody's struck in the stomach, um, what that can mean. So we'll, we'll follow this story for you as well. And the follow-ups are always important to me. So I always want to bring you those as well. All right. As we, as we move um, moves through this, I want to think about um, where do we go from here? You know what? I want to update you on the art museum, Philadelphia Art Museum, which I love, and they have a Matisse exhibit coming up. So let's listen into this NBC 10 report. This is the art museum of Philadelphia. They've been in talk. Their workers were on strike. And this is a big attraction for so many people if you're a member of the museums. I've talked about this over the years. It's one of those gifts that I love to give family members to give them an art museum membership. It's a great gift. And those have gone down. Why? Because of what we just talked about. But listen into the latest union update on the art museum and its workers. This is courtesy NBC 10. Big deal, big deal, Aaron, and these museum workers, well, they wanted a few things like higher wages and also better health care. And after yesterday, they finally found, signed this contract. And they got just about everything they wanted. So if you remember last month, these workers went on strike. Uh, they walked off the job picketing outside the famous Center City Museum. A union leader vowed they wouldn't return to work until museum negotiators promised to address 
pay increases. Now, weeks later, they have a deal, voting 99% in favor of signing this contract. And union leaders tweeting, in part, we finally won our contract by striking, stopping work for three weeks and forcing management to move. Another tweet reads, we picketed for days in torrential rain. Our footwear st uh, stayed wet. Our signs soaked through while management refused to move. We held the line. We were not broken. They were persistent and they persevered. So this morning, they're preparing to return to work, ending this historic walkout. Live in Center City, Lauren Winfrey, NBC 10 News. So after that long strike, the art museum says, yes, they're, they're hopeful that this Matisse exhibit will attract a lot of people. It's great for the local economy. It's great for local restaurants. So um, Matisse, and I love French impressionism. I love, you know, I love this artwork. And so hopefully we'll have beautiful weather and a peaceful time. This exhibition is coming to uh, Philadelphia very soon. I believe it begins October 19th and then takes us through the winter. So it's a major exhibit recognized worldwide. And this is huge as um, you can see the Henri Matisse exhibit coming soon here in Philadelphia. So I want to take you to the latest from Mayor Jim Kenney as he, he did finally speak out on Wawa and the, the news that Wawa is not planning any expansion in Philadelphia, but in fact is, is shrinking its presence in, in the city of Philadelphia, not Pennsylvania necessarily, but moving south for sure, but moving out of the city. And why is that? It's a horrible business climate for sure, but also the crime that workers are afraid. And Wawa ultimately saying the workers are not going to lose their jobs. We'll relocate them right across the border in communities in the suburbs where they're safe. I'm, I'm, they didn't say those words. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm adding to this. They said that they would relocate workers. Nobody loses their job, but that's, that's what I infer from all of this happening. And I hear it more and more. So this is Mayor Jim Kenney talking about the quote, what he calls social dysfunction in Center City. So listen in, this is NBC 10 News reporting on who Mayor Jim Kenney blames for Wawa closing. Two that are closing are operationally difficult. Um, there's a lot of kind of social social dysfunction uh, in certain areas that has caused them some some issues um, and they had to secure it they had to secure it with outside security which causes them some expense I don't think it's a bad omen at all I think that these particular two particular places have unique issues that had to be dealt with or that were in, a, in a way that's more expensive for them to keep it open but again there there are there are, again, 25 stores in the city, and we're now we'll have 23, and hopefully as time goes on, we can get back above 25. Social dysfunction, is that what we're calling it? High crime, violence, chaos, skyrocketing murder rates, carjackings. Oh, it's social dysfunction, SD. I'm surprised I don't just say, oh, yeah, we got an SD issue. Come on. Social dysfunction. I, I, you know, sometimes I'm just without words, social dysfunction. And how do you, in the media, if you're, if you're right there and you're at any, you're in any position to question the mayor, you say, mayor, what do you mean social dysfunction? What do you think of when you think of 
social dysfunction. I don't think of high crime, smashing grabs, murder, shootings through the roof. That's not what I would refer to as social dysfunction. No, the only dysfunction that's happening is courtesy the leadership in Philadelphia right now. And here's 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 the thing. No one feels the heat more than those running for mayor in in the upcoming election, right? So you have all these city council members who've now left city council, they're running for mayor, but ultimately they've all got to come up with a plan. They've all got to do something or they own, they take ownership over this. So let's hope to God that we see somebody come up with a plan. And if the mayor, I know city council had said, what, nearly a month ago, we want a plan presented by the mayor's office and or the DA's office. But if they don't get the plan, then just bypass them. Come up with your own plan. And look at cities that have been successful. I mean, one incredible success story, I've focused on it, not enough perhaps, but even look at Camden, New Jersey, that at one point they were the crime capital in America and pointed out as such. And Camden, through, through community policing programs, through that philosophy that I've told you about as they try to recruit and hire people who grew up in a community, and so, so now you have somebody who loves those in the community. You know, one saying was, if, uh, if there's an officer who knows, who knows your, your grandma or your ma, they're much more likely to be able to work through, the, to work through towards solutions and less likely to maybe, maybe pull a firearm, less likely to, to have to go to the extremes. And so when law enforcement is seen as a friend in the community, and this is part of the problem, it's part of the media, it's part of the community, it's part of the portrayal that Black Lives Matter, for example, that the, and I'm not talking about the local Black Lives Matter, I'm talking about that national movement, you know, the one that's now accused of like embezzling money and they're under fire and being questioned as far as where did all the money go? But all of this fueled a false pretense in our communities that the police, that those who protect and serve are not here to serve you in your community. That's a lie. And you heard today in some of the the local news stories that I'm airing, you hear firsthand from moms and grandmoms and granddads saying, hey, thank you to the quick action of our law enforcement, our first responders, those emergency room doctors. But most of all, thanks to our local police. And they're working hand in hand with the local police. And that's a good thing. But for for Mayor Kennedy to just call this social dysfunction and to try to pivot to why Wawa is really leaving, the fact that he can get away with that, and that's not a major headline, is absolutely absurd. I don't usually play sound, but I will. This is uh, Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, talking about Democrats, talking specifically about Philadelphia crime and the chaos here. Let's listen in. We're still having problems. I apologize. We're just having some computer technical problems. Do we have Scarborough? 
No, you don't know? Okay. I, I'm sorry for that. Every once in a while this happens. The computer locks up. That's that's what's happening. So let's talk about, what do we want to talk about? Hmm. Anthony, where can I go? Let's talk about Fox 29. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And this is something near and dear to my heart. And I've worked with various um, breast cancer you know, advocacy groups over the years, as you well know. And it's pink. We're all lit up. I know there are events, for example, in Harrisburg. And um, today, talking about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Why? Because so many women put off those important and often life-saving mammograms. Listen, listen in as Fox 29 News covers thousands coming together. This is in Camden County and spreading awareness for sure against the spread of breast cancer. So it's strong, amazing, beautiful folks like these behind me that continue to fight for the awareness and for others to survive breast cancer, get screened, and encourage others as they go through this battle. It is amazing. I have been to the Making Strides Walk in the past, but the outcome now is amazing. It's so large, and I feel like everyone just wants to lift everyone up. That's exactly what tens of thousands of people did on a brisk Sunday morning as breast cancer survivors and family members and supporters alike gathered to fight the good fight against cancer. People like Kimberly S. Reed with the American Cancer Society. Today is about making strides for breast cancer. We walk, we fundraise for survivors, thrivers, caregivers. Reed, a breast cancer survivor herself, says she's encouraged others to fight this battle with confidence and dignity. Hannah Dorba is a Ryder University student and her sorority, Zeta Tau Alpha, advocates on behalf of others to boost awareness about screening for this deadly disease. Keep up with your appointments, um, be aware, you know, um, genetic testing is available, so that's definitely important, and just like self breast exams like that's really important that last part extremely important as i met a survivor who found a lump on her own very likely saving her own life i actually found a lump myself and i was very consistent on getting the check the march brings together survivors and encourages others to advocate again for themselves a move that could save their lives if breast cancer is detected early on the five-year survival rate is above 90 percent according to acs getting the word out because that's what's important education awareness and just communication telling your neighbor telling friends that this is what it's all about yes um anthony did you get the the dr anthony fauci joe concha interaction okay let's listen in because this is you know dr anthony fauci trying to deflect blame for pandemic related school closures and this was on uh, Fox News this morning. So I want you to listen in to the latest on Fauci. Okay. We should realize and have realized that there will be deleterious collateral consequences. They always come back and say Fauci was responsible for closing schools. I had nothing yeah. to do. I mean, you're, I you're, mean you're, let's you're... get down to the facts. What? You had nothing to do with it. Well, that's just a lie. <laughs> I mean, to say that he had nothing to do with it is an out-and-out flat lie. He had everything to do with it. And he went on all the shows, and he he said that this was for the betterment. He defended the policies of this administration. He's a colluder. And so for him now to try to rewrite history 
you know, he can't go soon enough. I know he's planning his retirement. He'll become, I mean, he makes the most of any government employee right now. I had done that rundown of how much money he makes. But, you know, Senator Rand Paul is somebody who has talked about this, that we need transparency. We need to know what Fauci knew, when he knew it, but also, you know, with regard to the income that these guys are able to get when they advise. How much do they get? How much did they invest, if you will? What do, what do they get from the royalties? And see, they have so much say over which company gets, you know, gets the special treatment or the, or the favoritism. We're talking about huge money and power. And this is why he needs to go now. Whether you like Fauci or don't like him, you have to admit that this guy has, to half the country, half the country does not believe anything he says. And so every time he's on, people just roll their eyes and say, oh, here we go again. But, but for Fauci to deny that he has nothing to do with it is just a flat out lie. And this is another example of these public officials getting away with it if they were working under a different different administration, of course, the media would call them out. But the mainstream, in air quotes, media does not do so. So that's what I'm here for. This is The Dawn Show. I'm Dawn Stensland. You can always find me on Twitter at Dawn Stensland. But my friend Dom Giordano is up next with a great show in store. Hey, Dom. Hey, uh, Don. I want to talk about Fetterman's wife. Look, all wives would defend their husband, Roe, you, I know that. But uh, she wants people canceled over being a reporter. And also, CBS does not take any of my interview on Sunday morning. And Dan is the one that I think is the most outraged. Ooh. Yes. Dan is triggered. Oh, he's triggered. It's going to be good. The Dom Show's coming up. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.